Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creation Facility. another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart Jim Schaefer and the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. A new year, and hopefully, a COVID-ending one. Free COVID test for all. Maybe this is the way out of this mess. What do you think? What's with producers over at CNN being busted for pedophilia? Another one has bitten the dust this week. Now, everyone seems to have a year-in-review show, so here's my pathetic answer to those shows. I promise it'll be the last of the year. And continuing with that, last week I said in the preamble that episode 105 was the last show of 2021. Well, I reconsidered being that I'll be working this and, unfortunately, next weekend. I figured I'd jump aboard the bandwagon and give my own take on what 2021 was to me. (sighs) Tech news, at least my year in review. Was it me, or did it seem that there just wasn't much tech news during 2021? I recall having to really dig hard to find something of interest. Yeah, we had the usual Apple, Google, and Samsung releases, but other than that, there wasn't much to report on. I hope that it's the microchip shortage and not tech firms running out of gas. I guess we'll have to see in the new year. Apple released the long-awaited MacBook Pro line, which is priced well above general consumer reach, a trend that has accelerated in 2021. Apple's strategy seems to be going forward will be two distinct lines, Pro and Consumer. Besides the price differences, the Pro line will be the now well-known space-gray colored stuff with the latest and greatest screens and internals, while the Consumer line will be in fun colors with good, but not the best screen and internals. This has been reflected with the new iMac, the leaked upcoming MacBook Air, iPad Air, and regular iPads, and of course, the new iPhones. Realistically, this makes sense. The average consumer doesn't need all that power and cost of the Pro lines. The problem I have is with the iMac and leaked MacBook Air. Bright colors and white display borders, along with white keyboards, don't appeal to me. The revamped iPad Air I've been using since last year gave you the space gray color option, but not so the new iMac and leaked images of the upcoming MacBook Air. (laughs) 
Google was busy working on its ecosystem integration, and it seems to be going well with the new version of Android and the gorgeous Pixel phones released back in October. From the way these products were announced, I believe Google is aiming to be the every person's choice to counter Apple's elite image. The leaks of the upcoming Pixel Watch has me excited, just like the Pixel phones did. All the Big G needs is an affordable top-of-the-line Pixel book and Pixel tablet, in my opinion. No more of those combo monstrosities they've been cranking out recently. Would this be enough for me to consider switching over to Android? No! Time will tell. Or it won't. And 2021 has found Samsung in a weird place. The company's hardware is top-notch, and their take on Android has improved along with their ecosystem. Though somewhat successful at first, they just cannot compete with Apple's ecosystem. Their folding phone format is great, but pricing is still a little too high for your average consumer. This prevents the company from bringing the folding form factor out of the niche it now occupies and into their mainstream. If they don't accomplish this soon, old Tim Apple's fruit company will release their take on the folding form factor and probably dominate the space, unfortunately. Tech I'm using, or actually tech I used during the year. The piece of tech I've used the most over 2021 was the iPad Air with the Magic Keyboard. I use the Air for consuming content, writing and editing script, though I dusted off my old MacBook Pro to write this particular script, and as a screen for my exercise cycle for the Apple Fitness Plus and Peloton workout apps. I would like a 12.9 screen size version of the iPad Air, but let's face it, it probably won't ever happen. I can see myself just using a large screen Air in lieu of a MacBook of any kind. The 12.9-inch iPad Pro with Magic Keyboard would fill this need, but the cost would be $1,400 versus the $1,000 a current low-end MacBook Air would set you back. You're getting a lot more power and convenience for your money with the MacBook Air. My Series 6 Apple Watch is always on my wrist, except when I shower or sleep. I respond to texts, check the weather, and my fitness progress on it. It's just there, only alerting you to its present when it needs to. I'd like to see better battery life on the Series 8 model coming in 2022. That's on my wish list. The Aura Ring is much like the Apple Watch, except it has much better battery life, allowing me to wear it while sleeping. This little piece of tech has the uncanny ability to read your vital signs and advise you to either take it easy for the day or just go for it. The Aura can also warn you of oncoming sickness, which I find spot on and just amazing. I was just gifted a newer model of the Aura for Christmas and can't wait for the new features to be implemented. Of course, my iPhone 13 is reliable and used every day. I find it kind of boring compared to previous phones from Apple and others, but... It's an iPhone which has been taken to the end of its design limits, in my opinion. Compared to the iPhone 11 Pro Max I had before, this phone is much lighter and smaller. It's so light, I have to keep checking my pockets to see if it's still there. I'll run down my impressions of the new tech I was given for Christmas in the next episode. What tech did you use the most in 2021? Entertainment News I saw exactly two movies in movie theaters in 2021. 
The first one was called The Night House, which happened to have the good fortune of being released just as the pandemic restrictions were being eased. I'm sure this helped with the movie's attendance figures as people just wanted to get back to some semblance of normalcy. As far as the movie itself, it was serviceable, neither great nor bad in my non-movie critic opinion. The second and last movie I saw in a movie theater in 2021 was, of course, No Time to Die. Daniel Craig's fifth and last turn as 007. As I stated in a previous episode, the movie started out as one of the best Bond films that I've ever seen, and I've seen all of them, until running out of steam towards the middle and never really recovering, even at its horrible, to me anyway, ending. Again, I won't spoil the end for you here, even though the movie has been out for quite some time now. Perhaps you're planning on treating yourself this New Year holiday to renting it. Thanks to Warner Brothers Studios and the HBO Max streaming service, my family and I were able to watch all newly released movies from that studio from the comfort of our own homes. All I can say about this is that I'm glad I didn't go through the hassle and expense of a trip to the movie theater for any of these movies, so I must admit, I enjoyed the latest installment of The Matrix more than I thought I would. Netflix churned out some decent flicks, uh, Red Notice being one of the more memorable ones I recall, but like the previously mentioned Bond movie, the streaming service kind of ran out of gas this year. So did Amazon's Prime. A lot of series I enjoyed on the services during the pandemic lockdowns were delayed, so when they finally made an appearance, I had lost interest in some of them. Momentum is a thing with television series, I guess. Speaking of which, the old fart household has been consuming a lot of content on the Paramount Plus service as of late. I had jumped aboard the service when it premiered last year and opted for the expensive commercial-free version, but canceled soon after because of a lack of content that would interest me. Months later, Paramount offered a bundle with the Showtime service for $10 a month, which I took. It saved me $5 off the Showtime subscription I already had and threw in Paramount Plus as a bonus albeit with ads. A bunch of exclusive series like Ghost, Mayor of Kingstown, and Evil released exclusively on the service, which my lovely wife and I watch and enjoy. To sum up this section, I believe we were shown a preview of what entertainment will look like in the future. It'll be a hybrid of home and theater experiences, with big franchise movies released to theaters, while lesser movies the studios aren't sure of being released to streaming services. Exclusive television series will be released on paid streaming services only. Podcasting news. The big celebrity names and big money continue to flow into the podcasting world during 2021, along with the consolidation read purchase of many of the independent studios and producers of podcasts. With this continued inflow, Calls for regulating the space has increased to almost, but not quite, fever pitch. The problem is that the RSS feed standard used by podcasts is decentralized and doesn't allow the control the self-anointed thought police want, hence the ongoing attack on the platforms that host podcasts. Spotify, Apple, and other major players are working hard to find a way to bypass the RSS feed using exclusivity and subscriptions. Will the money big boys be successful? Well. Time will tell. 
Kudos go out to Adam Curry, the podfather, and his team for identifying this trend and attempting to counter it with Podcast 2.0. This movement allows adding multiple features to the RSS feed and also protects independent podcasters and podcast app developers to continue to flourish by decentralizing show indexes. Right now, if Apple, who still has the largest podcast index, decides they don't like your show's content, they can just delete it from their index. Spotify can do the same with their platform and have in 2021. Podcast apps that use the Podcast Index 2.0 will still carry the show, though. My prediction for 2022 is that because of the decentralized characteristics of the RSS feed and Podcast Index 2.0, the Thought Police will shift their attack to the hosting services like Buzzsprout, Blueberry, Libsyn, etc. for canceling shows. I'm sure the Southern Poverty Law Center and fellow communist organizations such as the ACLU are already prepping teams of lawyers to sue these hosts into submission as I record this. What I think and hope will happen is that new podcast hosting services will spring up in offshore countries not subject to U.S. laws or lawsuits. When this happens, the thought police will probably shift tactics to the means of payment, just like the the way they took down old Alex Jones. Now, I'm no fan of Alex Jones, but what they've done to him can be done to everyone in any show they feel doesn't comply with the narrative. You've been warned. Well, to celebrate the end of the year, I actually took a deep dive on the statistics of this show in 2021. As I've whined about in previous episodes, after May of 2021, this show's download numbers took a nosedive and has yet to recover. The most popular episode of the year was episode 62, titled Better Late Than Never, released way back on January 8th of 2021. After the, what I'm calling anyway, the great fall of May, episode 96, titled Blah Blah Blah, has been the most popular. Why? I don't know. I did do something different technically on episode 96, but I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I'll sneak that thing I did back in at some point and see if I have the same results. I also see that you guys really don't like my bonus episodes, so there'll be no more of that. When I'm working my day job and don't have time for recording an episode on those two weekends every six weeks, I won't publish a show. We'll see how 2022 goes. I'll be making some changes, some small changes as the year goes on. Time for the last rant of 2021. Well, I hope everybody's going to have a good New Year's and a good New Year celebration. I don't use alcohol, but I will confess to planning on having a flute of champagne to ring in the new year. No harm done. Well, the Biden administration announced that it's going to make available free home COVID tests starting this month, well, the month of January, and has promised to ramp up testing sites. This just may be the way out of this mess, not just vaccinations, in my opinion. With treatments such as pills from various pharmaceutical companies coming online and with the self-appointed medical expert Bill Gates predicting that this all should subside in March, I have a good feeling that the end is in sight. After it's over, the damage assessments will begin. I'm afraid we'll be dealing with the immensity of this for a generation at least. The pandemic has changed a lot of things for good, though. Telework is now a thing, for real this time, and I believe the healthcare systems will be strengthened, as well as supply chains. And speaking of supply chains, the world shouldn't forget who bears the responsibility for this mess. Communist China and the thugs at its helm, the CCP. 
Perhaps the world's manufacturers will have learned their lessons decoupled from communist China. As I've said in the past, it doesn't make any business sense or any other sense to have all your eggs in one basket. The wokesters are always hollering about diversity. Well, let's start with vital supply chains, starting with the medical supply chain. China manufactures or provides most of the world's masks and medicines. This needs to be changed. And what better way to punish the thugs of the CCP than to cut into its cash flow? Episode 106, and you have my word, it will actually be the last of 2021, has concluded. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed making it for you and hope you found it worth your while. You can always contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. You can tell me what things you liked or disliked about the show. I'd love hearing from you. And remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, get off my lawn and go to your New Year celebrations. I hope you have a great New Year. And just a reminder, no show next week. I'll be working. I'll see you on the 16th of January. I'm out. Have a good one. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.